Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, it's getting cold out there, everybody. Yeah. 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 I don't like well, that. No, I wasn't ready for that. Um, I feel like we left town and it was warm and I came back into town and it was cold. Yeah, walking to class has been rough. I, other than going to work, I, I never leave my house. And then the first week it's cold. I actually have things to do like in the city all week. That's just that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah, ne- not leaving your house is usually the best bet. <laughs> yeah. Although I did, I was being, I was being a little lazy because it was cold and I ordered groceries instead of going and getting them because I'm about to go home for Thanksgiving break. So I really didn't need that much stuff. But like my guinea pigs didn't have carrots and I didn't have a few basic like things like coffee and stuff. So I ordered some groceries because it was cold. And um, instead of the things I got like carrots and coffee and I think like some sodas or something like that, I got (laughs) a bag that just had two giant bags of Brussels sprouts a pound of butter, a bag of flour, and a giant bottle of soap. Did you get somebody else's groceries? And I asked the woman who what? dropped it off, late right, left it right outside my apartment door, and I looked in it, and as soon as I looked in it, I knew obviously this isn't right. I yelled like, oh, excuse me, um, is it possible you got mine mixed with someone else? And she just kept walking um, <laughs> and left. So I tried to message the number that like comes with the order or call it, and then that didn't work. So no, they don't let you do that. No, they don't let you do that once the order's done, even though it was mm-hmm. not anything I ordered. So I had to tell them like, hey, I don't know what happened. Um, yeah. So now I have a lot of Brussels sprouts and a lot of butter. Well, Brussels well, sprouts are delicious. Yeah. What's the, is the policy you just keep it and then they say, oops. That, yeah. Uh-huh. They said for safety reasons, I think based on what they told me, she dropped mine off, like my actual order to the wrong person first. So there was no way to go get it and bring it back to me. And they said for safety reasons, they can't take back what they left with me. Uh, So they said you can keep it or get rid of it. And we'll either send someone new with the same stuff or we'll refund you basically. At this point, it was like 930. I was like, you know what? I don't want to make someone else go get them. I'm only going to be here for a couple more days. It's fine. I'll just I'll just take the refund. (laughs) As long as I didn't have to pay money for these Brussels sprouts and butter. That's all I care about. You can do that's all, just Brussels sprouts and butter right there. You got you got a little recipe. That's true. I was gonna say, yeah, there are enough Brussels <laughs> sprouts here in, in these two giant bags. I think to sustain me for the next three days. So you should you bring, bring those home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was gonna say. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. I love Brussels sprouts. Um, that happened to us once. We put in an Instacart order for some groceries we needed, and it got delivered. And we didn't see when it got delivered, so we had no opportunity to try to rectify this. We opened the front door, and there are all of our groceries, except they're definitely not our groceries. They're just boxes and boxes of various, like, frozen food, like, snack things, uh-huh. like pizza rolls and taquitos and burritos and chicken nuggets and, I mean, every sort of, like, frozen snacky party food, little hot dogs and I am talking a massive quantity, like did not fit in our freezer, massive quantity of frozen snacks. I thought the consensus there was Justin ordered those and just didn't remember ordering them. <laughs> that, no, he, I've, well, okay. I looked at the types of frozen things and I knew it wasn't Justin. That's Justin fair. would do that, but I know what kind of, like when the two of us are like, oh, let's go get. 
party I know what's pizzas. at the end of that sentence. Yeah, yeah. I know what we're going to get. These were not those things. They weren't bad. They're just not our usual go-tos. And there was so much of it. It was like doubly bad because one, it did not fit in our freezer. And so we had to like store some of it in mom and dad's freezer, mm-hmm. like drive it down to their house and be like, will you put, please put this in your freezer? <laughs> I don't know what to do until we could like donate it somewhere, or do something with it. And two, someone's party clearly got ruined. Yeah, that was a party. Right. I mean, what else? I mean, like, yeah. that's what I feel like. I feel like somebody was having a blast and, and their party food didn't show. They got our groceries. <laughs> so they got like a lot of Go-Gurts and oyster crackers and... Now that's a party. I don't know. I mean, I, baby yeah. carrots. Like these are our go-tos. <laughs> that's a type of party. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the same party, maybe. Um, I, f- I feel very bad for that. I also just... Soup. They probably got lots of... They got lots of soup. I also just need to share perhaps the most eventful thing to happen to me in the recent years um was the day that taylor swift's tickets went on pre-sale <laughs> yeah there was a lot of action about that on social media yeah. i was curious were you in all that did you get them oh yeah uh i personally did not but there's a group of five of us that all applied for a pre-sale code and two of us got one mm. me and one other friend so we both logged on at the same time Uh, to get in line and try to get them and she was able to get through way before I was so she was able to get tickets for us Um, so thankfully I do have a ticket secured but I did wait I did wait in the Ticketmaster queue for six and a half hours wow and she waited for four and a half Uh, and that was when we got through to get tickets and also I paid about three times more for tickets than I expected to based on where they are in the stadium so (laughs) but you got them but i got them but you got them it was just i like that i'm seeing this shared everywhere all over social media was like everyone that has them now is just kind of in this weird space where it's like i'm happy to have them but also that was such a stressful experience that like i didn't even really get like the best tickets that were there available to me and i spent more than i wanted to but it was so stressful that it was just like just click all the dots you can because they're all disappearing so fast just click the ones you can and check out or else they're going to kick you out again like just get them and go see i i'm 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 like experience in that department just being in the con circuit because you know some of these like rooms that go on sale for con blocks like you just you randomly assigned a number and sometimes you're 20th in line and sometimes you're 2000th in line and you just hope enough people mess it up so that you get up there yeah just do it for fun twice a year yeah it's so sad that the corollary i have to this is when we have to make our disney dining reservations (laughs) That is the same, though. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. You get up at like 5 a.m. and you have your computer ready and you have your list of like what matters most to you on each day and you got to start getting them in there as quickly as possible because they just vanish. I mean, I don't know if it's a competition of coolness, really, when we're dealing with Taylor (laughs) Swift tickets, anime conventions, and Disney dining. There's no winner here. That's very fair. No judgment. A little judgment. There's some big companies. There's some big companies who are winning here and making lots of money off of our obsession. Yeah, that's it. Chase your joy, whatever that is. I I just, it just, who let Ticketmaster just be the only be have a monopoly be a monopoly who let them just have all the tickets for everything 
Um, there's probably like a witty political answer I could give you to that, but I don't know what it is. Isn't, isn't Joe Biden doing something about that? I don't well, know. He I wanted, feel like to, I get, he wanted to get Joe rid of Biden. all the fees, and then he wanted to get rid of dynamic pricing, which is basically just like a ticket might be worth four hundred dollars at like if you mm-hmm. get in and are the first one, they're able to pick tickets. But then if they see there's like ten times as much demand as they expected, then that same exact seat a few hours later could be like eight hundred dollars. Hmm. just based off demand so like there were people getting floor seats that were able to get in within like 10 minutes that paid 300 bucks and then there were people that got in later like me and the only floor seats available were 755 dollars each which obviously i cannot do (laughs) whoa yeah i can i just i like i understand that that's not fair i get why there's a problem with that it's it's like unrestrained capitalism are you about to defend Ticketmaster to me no 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 no. i'm not defending Ticketmaster. (laughs) i am trying to figure out why on the list of things that joe biden could be talking about (laughs) why why Ticketmaster is on that list that's all i'm trying to i'm just throwing out there he didn't get tickets if i were making (laughs) if i were making a list of things that i'm worried about or want to take action on or address urgently Ticketmaster wouldn't be high that's all i'm saying i'm was it like part of the the effort to get the youth vote they were just throwing darts <laughs> like what are the we, we tried the college loans that didn't work Con- concerts they like to go to the the musical shows yep. do something about that he's already eaten ice cream we know the kids love ice cream i can only eat so much ice cream we gotta find another thing <laughs> I did see. He's very old and lactose intolerant. He can't keep eating ice cream like this. I don't know if he's lactose intolerant. I'm not trying to spread a lie about the president. I have no, no idea. He could be fine with lactose. Did you see AOC also tweeted about how awful Ticketmaster is? But she didn't. She was, Joe Biden's been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. But AOC didn't tweet about it until yesterday, which when we're recording this, yesterday was the day of the presale. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone in the comments was just like, oh, so you didn't get tickets either, huh? <laughs> so you, so you, you you couldn't you couldn't get through the queue huh you got kicked out <laughs> i'm just i'm not saying it isn't important i just think there are urgent matters to which we must attend as a society yeah i mean uh, a species yeah. even <laughs> i mean i would agree with that when i i yeah. saw that little bit of whatever come out i was like what really Wait, really who had time that, for that <laughs> how did that make the list <laughs> And honestly, even if we're talking about Ticketmaster is a big issue, why are we not talking about, which is real, by the way, the people that bought $300 tickets and then immediately put them on resale websites for, no joke, $30,000 each? Yeah. yeah. What, how do, I, I mean, what is that? I, th- I think, I mean, I think there are like rules about that, but. A- apparently not. Because no, they, they mean, did that's, that's, it. Yeah, that's, it's allowed. I don't. They bought it and they owned it. So it's just them reselling it. Um, Listen, the cheapest the way, resale ticket was $2,000 each. <laughs> the way we break this system is we refuse to participate. We have to stop participating. Now, Sydney. Don't go to the Taylor Swift show. Well, no, I'm not going to happen. <laughs> no, I agree. I think <laughs> there's the only way that they stopped the Beanie Baby craze. They had to stop buying Beanie Babies. <laughs> 99.8% of people that did not get tickets are not going to go on a resale website and buy them for $30,000. Sure. Because they know if they wait until like the week of, all the prices are going to drop to like an actual price. 
I mean, there there are ways to control that. I, I know that again. My my main source of experience is conventions. Mm-hmm. And like New York Comic Con had such an issue with people reselling badges, but now it's like it's ironclad. You have to have you have to be one person. You have to prove that you're who you are, and mm-hmm. when you show up, you can only get in with that badge, and it's got to be your badge. Like it, it's people still do it, but there's not an open market for upsell. Like yeah. you can probably stand outside the venue a few blocks away and sell an active badge and no one's going to question you but like you can't do it on a web and and they actually do have an approved third like website to Mm -hmm. resell them but you don't get to pay more right so like if something changes and you can't go you can legally resell them but you can't make money off of it yeah which In theory, Ticketmaster did the same thing by doing verified fan, which is supposed to like make sure that only fans and only real people and not bots get tickets first and get access to the presale. But the problem with that is it's just a link that you just put in your email and then it's a random lottery from there what people get picked. So like, I mean, anyone could get one. And also, it just means it's really silly. They said we didn't expect this many people to want to get tickets, even though they're the ones that sent out the codes that (laughs) allowed a certain amount of people to get tickets. And also, bots love Taylor Swift. So why are we depriving bots of Taylor Swift is what I'm saying. I I just appreciate it for all the memes it's bringing of like how the concert's going to be like three actual people and then just an empty stadium with Taylor (laughs) Swift. Because all the bots bought all the tickets. A very intimate show. Yeah, yeah, in a giant, a giant stadium. They're selling tickets behind the stage. What's up with that? Unrestrained capitalism. Anyways, yeah. listen, folks. I tried to, I tried to get inside the system and fix it from within. Oh, Sid. No luck. You know, I love you. We, the Sid. only thing we can do is stand on the outside and throw rocks at it until we tear it all down. I don't well. think even you could have taken down Ticketmaster. <laughs> If Bo Jiden can't, how can I? Hey, that, I thought that was the Biden macro agenda. Ticketmaster. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was the plan. No, I was I was hard at work raising gas prices while I was working as a family doctor. Wow. And then working with Ticketmaster to secretly gouge teens. That was I'm, my plan. I mean, I hope you're comforted because yes, I, I know we're all we're all bummed that you lost it, but I hope you're comforted that there were a lot of other really cool people that also lost, like really amazing candidates that you're in company with that put up equally really good fights so like that's a that's a pretty good losers club you're in true yeah yeah you got, no, you got true. Beto O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams I mean come on <laughs> it's true it and I mean you know the this state just sunk deeper into the red I don't know how much deeper we can sink um, well, I mean, it makes sense if we say if we all are recognizing that the thank you, what, Gen Z, was it you, mm-hmm, Riley? Mm-hmm. It's me. You, yep, Gen Z, it's me. Sa- saved the the nation, and because so many young people move away from West Virginia, I don't. It's not. It's not a mystery, you know. It it really is. The I mean, the average really... age of that state has to be like fifty three or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm serious. Like, it's got to be up there, right? <laughs> Um, I was I mean, expecting it, you to say like 30. No. <laughs> no. 82. <laughs> I, I mean, that I'm also fine. might be likely. That's uh, 42.7. Well. That's, I mean, that's getting up there close to boomer territory. Um, I mean, what I would say is that we just don't, we don't have a, yes, we don't have a lot of, I mean, it's older than the, the average nationwide is 38. Um, 
we don't have a lot of young people. They leave, and they're mm-hmm. also we don't try to get them to vote because I mean, uh, generally, this yeah. is a mass generalization. Um, because all the people making the rules are very old, and all of the laws they pass benefit the old and the rich. And oh, most of the really young care. people in West Virginia that are of voting age are there at either Marshall or West Virginia University, and if they're not west virginia citizens like residents you know they're out of state going to college they're not going to vote there were multiple issues with like absentee people trying to vote from college or from whatever i mean like that was that was a huge issue we heard that repeated over and over how many college students sort of abandoned the process they make it extremely difficult i will say from personal experience Mm -hmm. this year that's the that is intentional yeah 100 percent intentional um but that's not what we're talking about (laughs) I already, I already had to do two interviews this morning, like post game, um, from poli sci students asking me like, so why'd you think you lost? And I'm like, huh. <laughs> I don't want to talk about As it. As a former poli sci student, that's just a, that's kind of a, I don't know. They didn't ask that question directly, but it was, it was a very long questionnaire and it was intrinsic to it was like, reflect on your campaign and figure out like strengths, weaknesses, what yeah. was, could you do a better way? You know, so like. The the inherent question is why'd you lose? <laughs> As an interview, I would not want to do on either side. I, honestly, I, I agreed to do three of them, so two two oh, down, wow. one to go. I know. Well, you can learn from my failures. I don't. It um, was. Not, I don't. I don't think you should view it as a failure. Yeah. I think you you did something really important. False start that people need. <laughs> yeah. You know. Hey, I progress is is uphill against the wind, and sometimes you get pushed back. Hey, that doesn't mean you stop. Well, and you got a true. lot of people to not vote for the the other bad guy, so that's true. That's a plus. Um, but the, none of this has anything to do with the wedding singer. <laughs> that's <not> something completely <laughs> we have, different. We have to talk about the wedding singer. We got to talk I, about I, Adam Sandler. <laughs> we have to talk about Adam I, Sandler. Um, I, I felt so bad because we were supposed to record the day after you lost, and I'm like, no one can expect to talk about the wedding singer. <laughs> 12 hours <laughs> I had the same exact thought I was like this is not that's not happening <laughs> this is not I happening. just couldn't do it I don't I even want to talk it. about the wedding singer right yeah. now <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I right just now. couldn't I I was I'm okay I'm more okay than you would think really because like I am very competitive and I hate losing and I'm surprisingly okay considering all that but I was not there that day <laughs> that's okay that's no one expected you to be it takes now a you lot. are it takes a lot to be in a mindset ready to discuss wedding singer I'd say yeah. Okay. Think, what did you think of the movie, Riley? Because you now I felt like that was kind of throwing shade right there. <laughs> no, no. It's just like I I am one who enjoys um, both the kind of silly, goofy genre of comedy movies that came out around this time. Most mm-hmm. of them featuring Adam Sandler. Not enjoy them for their like high quality, uh, but you know, just for being able to turn my brain off and laugh at something kind of dumb. And I sure. also enjoyed the rom-coms of this era uh featuring people like drew barrymore oftentimes that i can turn my brain off and it's something kind of mushy and and not exactly high quality but again fun to watch in this combo of (laughs) the adam sandler world and the drew barrymore world um it works but my it confused me (laughs) it's not often well it's not often you're in an adam sandler movie where you're like rooting for him is like a romantic lead. You know what I mean? Well, like usually he's like a goofy dad. 
that was the thing that kind of threw me about the movie when I was thinking about it in retrospect is like um in the movies I, I've seen him in I should clarify in the movies that came out more in my time in you know 2010s yeah I I thought he was um kind of dreamy <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to admit to this. Well, you know, when I was watching it, I was I was contemplating like we have weird standards for attractiveness in like men in Hollywood, like especially goofy men like Adam Sandler. I think if, if you took away the characters he does, which, you know, when you do like funny voices and goofy characters, sometimes it could take away. He's an attractive man. Yes, I think he's attractive. Like, well, it's I, not. I, I mean, I'm glad you bring this up. It's not it's not purely like a. um a physical thing like a cosmetic thing it's more just like the idea of adam sandler <laughs> well i th- yeah like you know when he's doing when he spends the whole movie doing like a, a silly voice and you know i don't know like doing bits it's hard to look at him as anything other than a cartoon character but yes. when he's a person i think he's a very attractive person and we had the same thing in airheads i thought he was hot in airheads i agree i think <laughs> I agree. What's, what's, I no, I agree. I do. And furthermore, uh, I would like to point out. <laughs> well, I would like to contribute and raise the point of Hubie Halloween, which is one of the most recent Adam Sandler flicks that just came out. In the past, are Are like, you going to argue that he's attractive in Hubie Halloween? <laughs> no, this is my counterpoint. That okay, the Adam Sandler, <laughs> the Adam Sandler I grew up watching in movies and was accustomed to was Goofy Dad type mm, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh-huh. The one that everyone like joked about in media because even at like, you know, fancy events and stuff, he'd be walking around in basketball shorts and big tees. And now it's a joke to like dress like Adam Sandler, you know? Well, I mean, that, I think that's the thing is like you get this impression. So, I mean, my first um, like I was about to say interaction. That's not an interaction. I'm wa- watching someone on TV. TV is not an interaction. <laughs> my my first impression of Adam Sandler was SNL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you watch him on SNL and he seems like a lot. <laughs> it He seems like a guy that like, if you went out on a date with would be a lot like that's, <laughs> but that's his character. That's who he's playing. Like that's who he's pretending to be. And that, and if that's who you're pretending to be as like a character in Hollywood, you don't think of that as also like the guy you want to go on a date with. You think about like, ah, oh, he'd be fun at a party. Yeah. Taylor, you look like you're disagreeing. I don't know. I just, I think I, I, I'm thinking of a lot of, of dudes that have been on like SNL and they're kind of character actors. And I think all of them are, are very attractive. I don't know. I, they are the ones like, like when people like nowadays, when everyone's like, why does Pete Davidson keep getting all these hot chicks? He's such a goofy guy. It's like, no, that's an objectively attractive man. And the fact that he can make you laugh makes him objectively hotter. Like, like the same thing with like Jack Black, where everyone's like, oh, "Am I the only one that thinks Jack Black is hot?" I'm like, "No, that everybody does not. Does everybody not think that? Everybody no, should I do think, think that." I, I do think Jack Black is hot, but that makes more sense, I think, for me personally, because there are moments where Jack Black has a Justin McRoy flavor to him. Well, sure. yeah, yeah, but I mean, or I may- think, or maybe, or maybe vice versa. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, like I feel like let's say like what's like the Lonely Island dudes like. Being funny and goofy is objectively attractive, like I think, makes somebody attractive. And it's funny that it's the same thing that makes you like, oh, you can't think of him as like a hot actor because he's silly. Like, but the fact that he's silly means he's hot. Like, they're connected. Yes. No, I know what you're saying. Okay. 
Uh, hold on. There's more. There's more about this. Yeah, we've got to talk go about. Talk and we, about the movie. <laughs> no, we have to talk about the rest of the movie. But there's something we have to do first. <laughs> we got to check the group message. Oh yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Have you all started shopping for the holidays yet? Maybe. No. No. I know you haven't. No, I know you haven't. I haven't either. Nobody started shopping for the holidays. <laughs> um. Here's the thing. Right now, you can shop early, skip the stress, and snag some of the best deals of the season on something everyone will love. And those are premium audio products from Raycon. Here's the deal. Uh, When I pop in um, other wireless earbuds, they tend to fall out of my ears. And that's a big problem for me. Especially, like, that's happened to me traveling, and I've lost them on planes and had to dig them out of seats while everybody is waiting for me to move. And I don't like that. But you won't have that problem with Raycon because they are great-fitting earbuds um their wireless earbuds their headphones their speakers they all offer premium sound their and useful features an almost custom comfortable fit and up to 54 hours of battery life um and you gotta love since you're the person who's gonna be doing the buying with these with these items this holiday season you gotta love that they all start at half the price of other premium audio brands also raycon makes it easy with holiday gift guides for everyone in your life you can save 30% off by shopping Raycon's holiday bundles. So that's a lot of great deals for products that, I mean, most of us these days, we're listening to podcasts, we're listening to music, we're on the go. It's something we want. So, um, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Raycon, what should they do? Well, right now, go to buyraycon.com slash buffering and use code EARLYBF to get 20% off site-wide. That's 20% off any Raycon product, which almost never happens. Or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. That's code EARLYBF at buyraycon.com slash buffering for 20% off your Raycon purchase. Buyraycon.com slash buffering. Um, okay. You know, we Go were, I just got to say, I saw a TikTok the other day that was um, a female comedian basically saying all these male comedians that are popular and famous, like Pete Davidson was her example, end up dating very conventionally attractive women. And it's like, do you would think the same would apply then to female comedians? Do they end up dating very conventionally attractive men? And she said in her experience, that's not been the case because she read a study that when it comes to like finding a sense of humor attractive, typically men find a sense of humor in women who think their jokes are funny and women find a sense (laughs) of humor in men who make them laugh. Yes. Which makes sense when you think about it. That's so sad. I know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of course, that's, I don't think, you know, I don't know how accurate that is, but I just thought that was a funny concept. It's not accurate in my relationship, I don't think. Are you saying um, Justin doesn't make you laugh with his Jack Black flavor? I'm, no, he makes me laugh and I make him laugh. <laughs> no, they're, they're just in a constant, brutal competition to be the funniest one at the table. That's true. <laughs> and then they bred I'm, two I'm, children who are now also in constant competition to be the funniest one at the table. That That is absolutely the truth. And as... And as all very funny people often say, I'm very funny. <laughs> um, I just picture like future family dinner tables like, oh, God, it's going to be so loud. I know, especially once we get Justin's brothers and then uh-huh. their kids in the mix. Uh-huh. Can you even? Yeah. It's already oh, it's too much. It's already great when you hear Cooper practicing bits. Like she'll just mutter things to herself to mm-hmm. figure out the funniest way to say them. Before she yeah. cries them out out loud in front of other people, it's like you're four. <laughs> How are you practicing bits? She does. Uh, she bits. does voices and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Anyway, so I 
I agree that I think like it is not weird to think someone's attractive because they're funny. I agree with you completely. I think yeah. that that's like a common thing. Um, I think it's just like the idea of Adam Sandler is that he was not just like goofy and funny, but he I think like the Billy Madison thing was yeah. a big part of it for me. It was like he was also kind of a kid. Mm hmm. Like part of his thing is like, I'm just a whittle boy. <laughs> and like, <laughs> sorry, what was that? You know. You can say that like one that. more time. Just for... I'm just a whittle boy. Okay, all right. That's the sound bite. <laughs> but like that, that in particular is usually like red flag, red flag. Don't want that. Not, not up for barely can raise myself. Can't raise you too. Okay, <laughs> Got to okay. be in this together. And that usually is like a turnoff for me. But for some reason, with all that in mind, I watched The Wedding Singer and found myself thinking like, if Adam Sandler walked along the aisle of a plane singing that song to me, I would absolutely marry him. <laughs> yeah. I think I, part I of that though I also... To, like I was obsessed with that song. I yeah. memorized that song and used to sing it. Part of that for me is that I just, I love Drew Barrymore so much as like a female lead, especially like a romantic lead that I just mm -hmm. want to be her. So then it's like anyone she then loves or is in love with her. It's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I want to be like that. I think, I think it is helped a lot by the, by everybody else in the cast. I mean, Drew Barrymore is great. Um, I always, I, I, in my head, she's, um, Melody from Hey Dude. Oh, that's yes. That's not her name. Uh, <laughs> Holly, uh, uh, the actress's name, Christine Taylor. When I <laughs> when I see her, I think Melody from Hey Dude. <laughs> That's a show that used to be on Riley. Did you Not see my it. blank my blank smile uh -huh. and just assumed I didn't know what we were talking about? Well, <laughs> you know, next time it's Sydney's turn, you're going to be watching Hey Dude. <laughs> yeah, watching Hey Dude. It's about it's about these preteens on a dude ranch. <laughs> Great. Oh boy. It's a great show. I, I preferred Salute Your Shorts. It was edgier. Mm. They're both so good, though. We have watched Gosh. that one. Oh, we gotta um, watch that. You know, it, it's timely also for this time of season. I got that vibe from Adam Sandler that you're talking about uh, of, well, you said it best. Um, I'm not going to repeat it. But in his little Thanksgiving and holiday bits he would do playing songs and weekend update on SNL, I mm -hmm. was forgetting that he was on SNL. Now I'm thinking about that. Very much just like like your kid brother even if he's like 20 years older than you. Yes. But he's a yeah. that Well, go ahead. I was just say that was the energy. Yeah. That yeah. I was referencing. Well, and he's a different he's a more mature character in this movie which probably helps. Like That's true. he's the yes. the dude that was in a band and was immature and then kind of grew up and got a a real job. It's a wedding mm -hmm. singer job. Like, you know. Not and he's, he's he's not a widow boy in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like Obviously, now they do fall into like the classic romantic comedy trope of like somehow Julia, Drew Barrymore's character, has managed to get engaged to like the worst classic 80s jerk on the planet, which uh, that's always such a trope in the especially old movies. And you're always wondering, like, how did that happen? Yeah, I know what you mean. Glenn. The worst kind of person. Yeah. Well, I don't mean Glenn. Not all Glens. I just mean Glens. Glenn. The worst kind of person. <laughs> no. Don't we? Have, oh, no, we have nothing against Glenn. At every Glen. No, just <laughs> this Glen. Just this this fake no, Glen that, that they invented. Um, whose last name, of course, is Gulia. 
And she cried about being Julia Julia. Yeah. Which fair. It, it's funny see cuz this movie was made when said 98. 98. Okay. Cuz it's a movie made in the 90s, but it's about the 80s. But yes. we're watching it now in, in 2022. It's interesting <laughs> to see that cuz they play a lot with those 80s tropes that I think where there's a generation that's kind of less familiar with them, you know. <laughs> Me. What was that weird Riley, because like, I mean, it, yes, it is not when I see the whole 80s thing, although I mean, I guess we have things like Stranger Things now. Yeah, I guess the 80s aesthetic is still known, it's still culturally relevant. Yeah, it is a very different 80s feel, though. I don't know if that's accurate to the 80s, if like the late 80s and the early 80s had very different vibes just in general, but like the 80s vibes of Stranger Things were are very different from those in this movie. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't know if it's yeah. because I know Stranger Things is more like, I think early 80s, so it's closer to like coming off of the 70s into the 80s, I think. But, um, or maybe that's not right. I don't know. I'm not, it was, I'm not sure what It was interesting though to see because I didn't know when this movie came out, but I was fairly confident that Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore would not have been old enough to be that age in a movie <laughs> that came out in like, the 80s at some point so uh i was i had to take a moment and look it up to figure it out um and i mean to me the 80s aesthetic is always just like stereotypical 80s aesthetic i have no frame of reference for what that looks like in reality so well and i think i think probably what you're seeing the difference too is the people making these different like if you're comparing like something like the wedding singer to stranger things which is like a comparison (laughs) that you would make Mm -hmm. commonly normally that's not weird Um, is the age of the people who are making it Mm -hmm. like back in the 80s. Because my guess is you're seeing Stranger Things as like the 80s from people who grew up during the 80s. Who were kids, yeah. Yes. You're seeing that sort of like the stuff that you remember and the way that you contextualize that time period and that decade. Whereas The Wedding Singer is definitely people who were adults in the 80s talking about the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, I yeah. don't know anything about 80s club culture. Yeah. But, like, that's part of this movie. That's a good point. I bet you're right. Because I know in my mind, like, when you say 80s, my brain immediately goes to, like, neon colors and leg warmers and, like, you know, <laughs> high cut bodysuits or whatever and, like, scrunchies and, and crimpy mm-hmm. hair. Um, but I, you don't see a lot of that in something like Stranger Things. But I think you're right. That's a good point. It's probably because we're watching a bunch of, like, 12 year olds. Um, not grown adult people. Yeah, and it's just a different perspective. I mean, because I think for the adult world, like the '80s were a lot more. I don't know when we think of, when I think of the '80s, I think of like all the cartoons that I liked. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think of like um, a ton of cartoons and kids shows. I think of Ghostbusters always for some reason. I I think of like um, all the candy and like bad cereals that we were allowed to eat all the time. Mm -hmm. I think of the fact that they put all manner of artificially colored sugar into boxes and bottles and then just gave it to kids constantly. Mm -hmm. Like these are the things I think about in the eighties. I think like for these adults, you're seeing this sort of image of the eighties where it was about um, going out and partying and being rich. Like that was really where you see the rise of like people who were very, very rich and and bought lots of fancy things cars and stayed in great hotels and like 
they'll close you more like that sort of thing was so and i mean i guess like cocaine is probably part of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the kids had slime the adults had cocaine that was the 80s Mm -hmm. yeah that's the 80s yeah and so like i think you're seeing two different perspectives on it i i remember the slime i wasn't aware of the cocaine (laughs) yeah yeah i found out about the cocaine much later (laughs) um um i do think i mean i think Drew Barrymore is, I, I feel like she, this is not a slight. I feel like she's always Drew Barrymore and everything I see her in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love that. You know what I mean? Like it, it, she is consistent. It's the same sort of like lovable, sweet, occasionally a little feisty, but overall very well-meaning kind woman. And I, and I, feel I mean, like that's adorable. This is like Drew Barrymore at, at maybe her most Drew Barrymore though. Mm-hmm. I think this is like Drew Barrymore doing Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to imagine that when she gets cast in a role, the director or writer is just like, well, this is Drew Barrymore. And like writes yes. in the script, like description of character is like a Drew Barrymore. <laughs> that just <laughs> seems like, it, even when the roles are very different, like in, in uh, Santa Clarita Diet, that you know that show where she's oh, like, yeah. in, uh, she eats people. Um, like that's just, it's Drew Barrymore, but a zombie. Like yeah. it's it's not even that far off from her. It's, it's all, it's all really, it's similar to that TikTok she made where she was out in the rain. <laughs> she was just really happy to be in the rain. That's fine. Yeah. She no, just, she's just running around in the rain and being yeah. happy to be in the rain. Um, I also, she got, I'm, I am not giving her flack for that. She got flack for that and I did whatever, just be out in the rain. Drew yeah. Barrymore likes the rain. I like the rain sometimes. Um, I was also realizing I had seen Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in a romantic comedy together because 51st Dates. Mm-hmm was i guess that did that come out a little bit later because that was one that i watched growing up like with friends it was like oh we're gonna watch like a grown-up like romantic comedy movie let's watch 51st dates (laughs) a grown-up romantic comedy yeah like 12 13 yeah i i feel like they're good like together they kind Mm -hmm. of have the same vibes because that's what i feel like this movie with different main characters i would have found kind of annoying because the way that they're both portrayed is like they're just so wholesome Mm -hmm. you know he's giving these lessons to this old lady that's really sweet she's just abundantly Mm -hmm. sweet and like it's so like they're these manipulative bad people that want to pull them apart but they're just such wholesome people that could be annoying with like other actors but it's them and i'm like no i just i believe that <laughs> yeah yeah no that was um 50 first dates was 2004 so a little bit later okay but so but yeah no I, I i do think i think you can equate the two sort of and, and in some ways you know and maybe that's like that's why hollywood's not always fair to men either i so like he gets to be funny and also the romantic lead mm-hmm. um I would say that it's not fair. We don't think of Drew Barrymore immediately as like funny. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think of, I think of her as adorable. I think of her as sweet. Um, I, I, she's lovely, but I, I don't, I don't always think like, oh, she's such a great comedy actress, but she is funny. Mm-hmm. She is fu- like, she is yeah. a funny presence on screen. She pulls off the comedy well. And I don't think we think of her that way because she's a woman and we think of him that way. Cause he's a, a man. Um, but on the flip side, like, she is she she is kind of like a little girl a lot <laughs> i mean oh, she does oh, lean into that uh, younger thing a what younger like a little girl oh a what 
a widow girl. Oh, you want me to say a widow? She's a, a widow, widow girl. girl. <laughs> there you go. It's just, no, if you're going to do it for Adam Sandler, you got to do it for her too. Well, but see, there's the thing though. I wouldn't do that because I wouldn't, I know. one, I wouldn't want to infantilize a woman because we get, that happens to us so much. And so there's a whole thing there. But yeah. two, like, I think women are allowed to do that a little bit. And then, which has all these we, other gross undertones to it. But like, yeah. we don't judge her for being kind of like, she gets drunk, she throws up on her shoes, they take care of her. Every, oh, it's adorable. Oh, it's so cute. She, oh, it's cute. And, Guys wouldn't get that. That's true. You are, Sydney, you are allowed to say Adam Sandler is a whittle boy. I don't think he's going to come for you on that. <laughs> I think Drew Barrymore would agree that sometimes she's been sort of cast as the whittle girl. Well, whittle girl. Whittle she was, girl. I don't know how to say that like that. She was famous from when she was very, very young also. She was a sure. So, girl, yeah. 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 So I think a lot of people probably knew her as a little girl and just associate that with the rest of everything she's in which and i know there's like there's got to be something to that when you look at like a rom-com with two people who are you know whole whole adults but obviously still kind of like childish about things and that's part of the appeal um there's something to connect to with that like Justin and I joke about that privately. Like, why do people let us have all these responsibilities? We're so little. This is ridiculous. <laughs> why does anybody let us do this stuff? Like, we're allowed to, I like, feel. have a house and jobs and kids and cars. And we're just little. Why is anyone allowed to? Why, why did they let us do this? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that, you know, at my job. But, like, <laughs> yeah, don't say that in front of a patient. Oh no! You need you need <laughs> surgery, but I'm so little. I don't know if I. I'm so little. You need medication, but I'm so small. <laughs> Why did they let me do this? I'm the tiniest doctor. Just so I'm it. too little I'm to so, be your doctor. So little. <laughs> are, are you Amelie now? <laughs> no, is that what that is? <laughs> oh. Cook an egg on a spoon. Is it? Oh. Well, a part it's also like like I don't know. They're both again. I they, they, I think they are both equally attractive. I think we tend to look at men and women differently, and like what what is attractive versus like men can exist and not be viewed as like are they hot or not? Like they can just exist as a man. A yeah. woman always has to qualify first as attractive, and then we'll pay attention to if she's a person. Sure, but but I think they are Hollywood version of regular people. You know, mm-hmm. like you can yes. relate more to them because. Sometimes when you've got like, I don't know, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt in a movie, they're very charming. They're good actors. But there's an element of like, I can't I can't relate to you because you you are you you exist on a higher plane than me. I am sure you yes. eat gold for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This looks like another species. Yes. I, how are we both like humans like that? You all look like that. Yeah. and I look like this. Yeah. I can I, I can believe that I've got some something genetically similar to Adam Sandler, and Drew Barrymore, <laughs> or even or even Drew Barrymore, who is just I mean, like classically beautiful, lovely, was adorable as a child, like always has looked great, and I but I still feel like well, I could pull off that hairstyle she's wearing. Yeah. I could wear that outfit. Like I could do that. That's not out of bounds for of me. all the celebrities i could imagine you picking as someone to emulate um hair wise or clothes wise i would put drew barrymore on that list I people i would that. see you picking <laughs> see really that makes sense somewhere like between Laura Dern. yeah and uh, <laughs> throw in sandra bullock i think mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I could see that. I don't know. I, I guess that's it in their real life. When they're characters, I'm still shooting for Laura Dorn in um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's still no, where I'm trying to go. Know. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I think we forgot. We have not mentioned the most important element, the most important actor in this movie. I don't know why. It's a pretty big part, important part of the plot. S- Steve What's Buscemi that? is in this film. Of that's course. Right. <laughs> Right. We haven't talked about Steve Buscemi. I like that they brought him back at the end because he's he's you know he's just like what like the the drunk angry brother in the wedding yeah. at the beginning yeah. and that's you think that's the last you'll see of old Steve Buscemi and then he's just randomly the wedding singer at the end of the movie. Like we did not have <laughs> enough Steve Buscemi in this film. We got to bring we got to get him back in here. I'm glad you said that because I had to go back to my phone. I was looking at the cast. So I was like, I watched this a week ago. When was Steve? Where was Steve Buscemi in this? And that's, yes, I'm glad you reminded me you that he had like, a very small part at the beginning of the Do you feel like end. he was just hanging around and they were like, as long as you're here, do you want to be in the movie? He was like, sure, I got nothing else going on. Yeah, like maybe the, and the, those were originally two different characters. They're like, nah, just do both. You don't need to explain what happened mm-hmm. in your life that you became the wedding singer. We're just going to let it happen. Steve Buscemi. Yeah, it's fine. Believe it. It's fine. He looks good with he a guitar. I bet him and Adam Sandler are friends. I would like to believe that. Yeah, that feels I right. That. I, I don't know that that's true, but I said it on a podcast. <laughs> so that makes it true. <laughs> what is it when you like, like headcanon celebrities as friends? Is that, mm-hmm. is that a friendship? Is that what that is? Well, that yeah. is. Friendship. <laughs> I'm friendshipping them. Precisely. I bet they're friends. Well, do you think, do you think they invite Andy Samberg over? He's a little younger, though. I don't know. That's, Sandy Amberg. That's the next yeah. generation of, of young, goofy men. Mm. He's with the 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 Jonah Hills, mm. the the yeah Seth Rogans. I, I tried to think of more, I couldn't think of him. And Pete Davidson's too busy dating every attractive woman in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I think he's dating another model now. He is. Um, yeah. Hey, so good for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you both for watching the Wedding Singer. Yeah, of course, I enjoy that movie. It made me happy. Um, I needed a, a break. Uh, Tay, what's next? Uh, I want to talk about um, one of my favorite bands, uh, the Menzingers. Um, uh, specifically the album Oh, the Impossible Past, although I'll probably talk about some of their other hits. But uh, it's a punk, punk band, I guess, punk adjacent. As they've gotten older, they sound more and more like Bruce Springsteen, but I'm into that. So I don't know. <laughs> I love All right. Them. All right. I personally have never listened, so I'm excited. Me too. We will check that out for next week. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. You should watch The Wedding Singer if you enjoy um, <laughs> goofy, adorable little boys and little yeah. girls. <laughs> that's the tagline. Uh, that's the tagline. But thank you to Max Fund. You should go to maxfund.org and check out all the great shows there. Um, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffiner at maxfund.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am too. Officially, never gonna say little again. That's it. You got them all out. They're all out now. Okay. I'm done. 
I'm sure you've noticed how giant corporations are controlling more and more about what we consume, whether it's our food, our news, or even the shows we enjoy. The Greatest Generation is a show that stands up to big Star Trek and says no. We can laugh about costumes that fit too tightly in the groin area. We can make a Star Trek podcast that's basically only about that. The Greatest Generation, the show for free and independent thinkers about Star Trek. And the groins of different costumes. Reviewing every episode in order. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. You'll be doing your part in telling the Star Trek industrial complex that they can't control your mind. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.